Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Booyah! Welcome to the Invest Stories Podcast. I am John Hooper, your host, and with me is not Kyle. Kyle is actually off celebrating his birthday. Happy birthday, Kyle. I uh, hope you're enjoying it, and um, he'll be back next week. So you just got me. So, But before you turn off, um, this week we've got Alex Barnett. Alex is a wholesaler, a musician, a fix and flipper, and also now a, uh, a, a property owner. And his journey is awesome because they started pretty much at zero uh, three years ago and have grown a business uh, from that up. To, to where they are today, um, owning multiple properties, uh, wholesaling and, and doing fix and flip deals. And um, it's a really interesting uh, interview. We talk about his band, Aloha Radio. Uh, we talk about working with your spouse and how that works and playing to people's strengths, that kind of stuff. And then also a lot around how you find um, and connect with, uh, with, with motivated sellers and also motivated buyers and kind of fill in that gap. And um, also stick around because there's some um, tips and tricks and, and technologies that will help you do that. And, and a few bits that I hadn't thought of, uh, texting and um, that kind of stuff. So uh, super interesting. While I've got you uh, listening to me and listening to my uh, ramblings, please do go and give us a five star review um, on, uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And check us out on YouTube. Uh, the link's in the show notes. We'd really like all the views we can get and all the feedback we can get. And if you can share any of our content, then we're super grateful. And um, why not hit us up on Investories Pod on Instagram and ask us, ask us a question. What do you want to hear? What do you want us to cover? Who do you want us to talk to? Um, and uh, yeah, without further ado, here's the, uh, here's the episode. Welcome. Oh, hang on. Welcome to Investories, <laughs> Alex Barnett. Hey, Alex. How's it going, John? Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Doing great. Yep, it's Friday. Loving it. Um, uh, looking forward to the weekend. How about you? Yeah, good. Same. Can't wait for the weekend. Um, what, what are your plans? Anything exciting? I'm going to go to a meetup um, tomorrow. Pace Morby and Jamil are going to be in LA. So I think we're going to cruise oh, up nice. to that and join the, the circus that that'll probably be. <laughs> is that going to be a lot of people or not? is it so. kind they're of a tight doing, group no they're doing it like on the beach and i i wow. see that it's kind of like getting blown up i mean pace is getting huge um so i think there's going to be a lot of people there on the beach and pace is getting i saw him at bp con yeah and i was like it was like i'd seen harry styles yeah, like, yeah hey, exactly pace. yeah 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 he's full <laughs> he's full rock star status at this point absolutely he was really friendly and said yeah. hey what's up and all that good stuff that he's yeah. probably said to a million people that right. weekend so right. that's kind that's of why, kind of funny <laughs> yeah that's why he's where he's at <laughs> So you're, you alluded to it. Where are you? You're based in what, Orange County? Yep, I'm in Orange County, um, right right south of Long Beach. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so just up the coast. It's yeah. nice to meet people that aren't leaving California. I know. I think I'm staying. Um, I, you know, I, I have a fantasy of leaving, but then I'm also like, I love California. And, um, you know, if we can make it work here, which I do know a lot <laughs> of investors that are killing it here, regardless of what people yeah. say. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to be had. 
I love it. I love yeah. it. So let's talk about that. So your your route to investing, how did that um how did that start? Like mm-hmm. what what was the kind of the gears to getting to to where you are today? Yeah. So it, it seems like a story that a lot of people had um right about twenty twenty when everything was going down. Um my wife and I are in a band called Aloha Radio. We were touring full time, uh writing and recording, and so when live music got shut down, um we kind of had to rethink our plans because we we always say we were gonna our, our original plan was to just Willie Nelson it off into the sunset just play till you're 90 <laughs> and just be touring I like that you know yeah exactly um, so I I never thought the idea of live music shutting down um, so I was like okay I I gotta figure something else out and so I just started reading you know a bunch of investor books and one of them jumped out to me rich dad poor dad kind of went down that rabbit hole um you know as simple as that book ding is. we have a, we have a noise for that okay rich dad poor dad the, exactly the rich dad, poor dad ding yeah yeah that's the light bulb <laughs> that goes off because you're like wait a second yeah it's so easy it seems like you know and it doesn't it doesn't dive too far deep into, you know, the next steps that's up to each person on their journey, but it definitely sets a light bulb off. And so, um, kind of just followed that went down the real estate hole and I found a local mentor and, um, you know, I didn't really have any real estate skills, but I wanted to bring value. So I told him, you know, let me uh, work on your YouTube channel for free because his Mm -hmm. YouTube channel was lacking. Uh, He's been a flipper here in Orange County for over 40 years. And so I was like, I just want to learn everything. Um, And so I started recording his videos for him and uploading them. And he pretty much taught me like A to Z how to do real estate. He's like, just start wholesaling, which is really just lead generation, you know, how to get leads. Mm -hmm. And so uh, about two months in, I was doing agent outreach. I got a lead over here in Carson, uh, agent that I had talked to called me up and said, hey, we need a cash buyer for this deal. And I was like, oh my gosh, here it is. And so I ended up selling my first deal to him, uh, made like 15 grand on it. And then they ended up killing it on the flip. And prior to that, um, you know, that, that, that was like the most money I had seen in a long time, you know, just being like a starving artist before that. So I was like, (laughs) okay, this, there's something real about this. And so I just got obsessed at that point, started doing virtual wholesaling, local wholesaling, just to learn the ins and outs of a deal. And Mm -hmm. Um, worked all the way, did that for about the first uh, 15 months. And then uh, January 2020, 2022, we started flipping. Um, so uh, my wife and I have done a, about four flips. We did four flips last year and we kind of got into the, the mobile home niche. And so we love mobile homes and um, we love flipping. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So we're starting to keep our own properties uh via seller finance and subject to as well so we're just kind of making making our wow. the ladder there's so much to unpack from that the first question i have to ask and i think you kind of answered it which is why rich da- why that book why rich dad poor mm-hmm. dad why does that resonate so much yeah it's crazy i mean it's a book that i think we've all kind of seen on the periphery i don't know what it is like i'd seen it i'd I had heard about it. It's in everybody's top 10 list um, about, you know, just financial literacy and getting your mindset right about, you know, being financially free, what it means, um, what an asset is versus a liability, which is a fundamental sort of idea 
um, that a lot of people get wrong. And so it, it's just one of those, it just, I don't know what it is, but it just has some sort of a magical element to it that it really spells out to you. Hey, it's not that hard. Um, or I should say it's a pretty simple process. It, it, it is hard, but it's simple. So, you know, as, as long as you kind of, um, get your mind right about what you're trying to achieve, then you can kind of, um, head in that direction. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think because for, for me, it was the fundamentals and it mm -hmm. was it was like a reality check. It's like stop buying stupid shit. Right. And start thinking about how your money can work for you better. Yep. And start asking the question, what, what are you trying to do here? Like, what does this does this give you joy by buying yeah. something or, you know, that that kind of thing. So I guess I was on the balance between the two, which is kind yeah. of interesting when you when you're in that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you about your band. Okay. What, what was the band called? It's called Aloha Radio. Mm -hmm. Aloha Radio. And what, yeah. and what's the, what kind of music? It's uh, indie rock reggae is what we call it. We started off as a surf wow. band. Um, we all kind of are inspired by uh, California and Hawaii culture. So, um, yeah, we kind of just made a band uh, around that. So we started <laughs> off as like instrumental kind of surf band music with Lauren, my wife. She's my si she's our singer. She plays ukulele, and um, yeah, we just we we've been a band for probably like ten years um, with our like our best friends, and we toured the U.S. a few countries. Uh, it's it's been an amazing fun experience amazing we'll put a link um in the show notes you've got to awesome. send us the links for those i want to check yeah. that out yeah it sounds yeah. right on my street actually surfy okay. yeah. indie san uh, hawaii san diego. Yeah. exactly san diego loves us uh, we're all we're down there all the time playing so <laughs> oh well there you go we're gonna have to check you out yeah um that that's so interesting that's that's amazing I, I can't wait to to listen to that maybe we'll put some on the on the podcast um, <laughs> sweet so in terms of kind of that pivot and and reading rich dad poor dad and then you picked up a mentor mm -hmm. that you kind of um you kind of skipped over something that should be at the top of everyone's list which is how do you learn from people and how do you kind of start to build out that network what did yeah. that look like in terms of finding that mentor was it kind of luck or did you actively go out and find him or her? yeah it's it was kind of both so um i i think i, I do the, the it's like the basic route after talking to people for the last couple of years it's like rich dad poor dad and then you find yourself over on bigger pockets so uh, I was reading, watching all the podcasts, watching all the videos, and they keep bringing that up. They're like, you need to find a mentor, you know, like mentor is the biggest thing. And now looking back, I'm like, I should have had a mentor for every single thing I was trying to achieve in, in you know, in life in general. So um, what I did was, uh, and, I, I, and they also say like, you know, try to bring value to your mentor. So I'm like, okay, what are my skills? It has nothing to do with real estate, but I do know how to like edit videos. I do know how to like put a YouTube sort of video together. So I was like, all right, let me, let me pitch that to some people. So, um, I kind of just went on bigger pockets and tried to find people in my area. And I took a few meetings with a couple guys and I was just like, Hey, you know, like, is there, I'd like to bring value to your business. Um, one of the guys was, kind of getting out of flipping and he was just going to do like syndication and he, he was saying you know you should just need to uh you just need to invest out of state and you know if you're really serious about it you should go move there like you should go move to nebraska and like just start buying rentals and i was like ooh, probably not going to do that but okay thanks for the advice 
And then I reached out to another guy who was flipping. He was right up here in, in Seal Beach. And I tried to, I just was like, hey, I'd like to record videos for you for free. And we kind of went back and forth, but it just never transcribed into anything. I, and I totally get it. He's busy. He's got his business to run. Um, and so it, nothing ever happened with that. So then I go on uh, Bigger Pockets again and just try to look up Orange County Mentor. And this guy, Joe Holmes, he pops up and he's like, I've, you know, he's met with like 300 people. Um, he'll, he's, he just says like, I'll have lunch with you. And, you know, you can ask me whatever you want. He kind of, you know, puts himself out there as a mentor. And so at the time he was doing uh, monthly meetups and these were all on Zoom. And so I joined the meetup and was just kind of sitting there absorbing it because I, you know, I know nothing. And when you're first getting into it, it all seems like crazy at first. And he just kind of calls me out and he's like, hey, Alex, like, you know, what do you want to do? Why are you here? And so I told him, I, you know, I want to I want to learn how to flip properties, but I, I have no idea what to do. He's like, come into my office next week and I'll, I'll show you exactly like how to do it. And I was like, oh okay cool and so i went wow. into the to his office and he had like he was putting on a little class but he drove people around to a couple of his flips right here in oc and he was saying like i don't do any out-of-state stuff i've been flipping in orange county for 40 years so if you you know it, it is possible and you know he just he's been killing it for the last 40 years and so uh just kind of took off from there and that was going to be my next question actually is so much is there's so much pressure or maybe influence to invest out of state and you know for, for me that's a big leap um to invest in pretty much anything but certainly a flip out of state is, mm -hmm. is kind of fills me with a little bit of anxiety mm -hmm. um what was that the driver then just because of your mentor you you were able to look um around california and around where you live was that the, the kind of push for that? Yeah. I mean, he, he made it seem easy. He's like, you know, there's deals like there's deals in any in any city around here. Like I've been doing it for this long. Um, his son in law is also like a crazy flipper. He had like 20 properties all here, like in Southern California. And and, you know, the spread is like insane. So there, <laughs> it's like you get the maybe you. Maybe, maybe you don't get the cash flow, which is what a lot of people are looking for, but that's also a myth mm -hmm. too, because I know a ton of people who have rental properties that are cash flowing crazy, but also you get the appreciation. So there's a lot of upside. Um, I think it's just, they say like the tenant laws and all that stuff. There's, there's certain things that people really grab onto that say, uh, California can be hard to, um, invest in. I think one of the bigger things is because it's such, um, there's so much money to be had. It's just really competitive. But then again, you know, I made my first deal within like a couple months of just calling around to realtors and saying, do you have a fixer that I could purchase? And, you know, lo and behold, yeah, some one of the one of the agents did and some called me back and then it was it was a great deal. That's awesome. Um, so let's move on to that. So so moving into before fix and flips, um, you, you started to wholesale, right? Mm hmm what did that what was that looking like what was that first kind of wholesale deal um process what did that look like yeah so that that was um when i was really glad that i had a mentor because i knew nothing about the process all she did she called me and was like hey i, I got a property um the it's uh, these these people are inheriting it um their father had it as a rental. He hadn't raised the rents in like 20 years. So there was a family inside that wanted to purchase the property, but they weren't going to be able to qualify. And she kind of already knew that. So she said, I want to get a cash buyer as a backup. 
So I drove by, took a picture of it, sent it to Joe. I was like, hey, would you want to buy this? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, this was when the market's like climbing too and at the, uh, at the end of 2020. And so I goes, okay, well, he's like, all right, well, you know, put in the offer. I was like, all right, well, what, you know, where do I need it? Where do I need to be? And so he's like, okay, if you can get it here, then, you know, I can, I can give you this much. Um, and so basically I said to her, okay, well, yeah, well, let's put in an offer at like, you know, 500 and I think 50. And so that kind of started the process and she would come back to me and say, Hey, well, can you do like 560? And then what about this and this? And so every question that I had, I had to call Joe and be like, Hey, she said this. And he would, and then he would tell me, all right, well now go back to her and say this. <laughs> so it was just like back and forth like that until, you know, I got it all the way through title and escrow, which I had no idea what, what a title and escrow was, all that stuff. Um, I was like all nervous going to the escrow office, like signing stuff and, and uh, it's just kind of funny now because we've done you know quite a few deals, but that first one, it the whole process can seem crazy until I always tell people once you get through that first one, it's like you've seen the process from A to Z, and then now it's just kind of dealing with the the other problems that may pop up because we're dealing with sort of distress situations. So uh, I, the first question I have is, how do you? So you've done a few wholesale deals. How do you find sellers? Mm -hmm. And do you, how do you sell wholesaling if you do sell wholesaling to them? Yeah. So now I picture, you know, wholesaling is just one exit strategy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you're building your real estate company, you're going to always want to do lead generation. And that's essentially what wholesaling is, is you're generating leads that you're not going to keep yourself, but you're going to sell to an end buyer. So for us, I tried the cold calling, um, because uh, I was doing it myself. I, I tried cold calling for a little bit, didn't really like that. So I switched over to the texting. And so um, we got a lot of traction with the texting. So that's kind of one avenue that we've stuck to. And basically what you do is you go on to one of the software companies like Property Radar, PropStream, Batch Leads. And basically what they do is they aggregate um, all the county records of property owners. And then you can go in and you can filter it by properties that may be vacant, um, people that have a property that they don't currently live in, which is called an absentee owner, people in pre-foreclosure. And so you pull that list and it could be anywhere from you know 10 people if you're gonna really niche it down to 10,000 and you send out um, texts. Right now we're sending out anywhere between 500 to 1,000 texts a day. And then as people respond to have you thought about selling your house? Then you jump on the phone with them and have that conversation and see if you can help them out of the situation that they're in. Amazing. What, what does, is there a typical cost to that? Is it per list, mm -hmm. per record? Yep. Yeah, so you're gonna pay for your list, um, which can be depending on uh, the software that you use. Let's, let's say it's PropStream, for example. You can buy a, um, a membership where you can download about 10,000 records a month. And then the more you pay, you can download 20,000 a month or you can go up to like 250,000 a month. So you'll pull a list of 10,000. Um, so that's like a hundred bucks a month. And then you got to skip trace it. And what that is, is that's your finding the number associated with the address. So it'll be one, two, three main street. It'll give you the address, um, you know, John Smith. And then we have to skip trace it to find his number. And so you'll have to pay for that. And then that's a whole, that's a whole, um, rabbit hole in itself because a lot of people have like really cheap 
price per per prospect you know like three cents but then the date is not as good so then you're, mm -hmm. you're making you know you're kind of just like going up a wall or you can pay a lot and get better data so it just kind of depends um what your budget is but that can be anywhere between like three hundred dollars to you know like a couple thousand dollars so once you have that you add that into your texting uh platform and then you just kind of send out like a template text and uh, reach out to people Wow, that's that's pretty cool. And then in terms of um, kind of communicating with them, what what does that typically look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I kind of have evolved that um, uh, along the way. So I used to just say, hey, this is Alex. Uh, first, I would start off with like, is this the owner of 123 Main Street? And then they would be like, yeah. And then I would say, you know, would you consider an offer? Um, so in the beginning that I noticed that that was kind of beating around the bush and I would just be answering a lot of text. one, um, uh, sort of seeing if that was the owner of the, of the place. And then two, um, seeing if they would consider an offer, you know, a lot of people would consider an offer if it was two times the Zillow price. So now I just kind of come out and say, Hey, this is Alex. I'm interested in one, two, three main street. Have you thought about selling? And so I try to get right to the point where they know I'm looking to purchase the property. And in terms, of, so we, we mentioned briefly earlier, in terms of the seller financing piece, is that when you broached that subject as well? Or is that slightly jumping the gun on? on yeah, that so, yeah, so our process, and I've seen this work a lot, um, is we'll always push for the cash price. So we wanna just push the cash price because that's the easiest kind of for people to understand. And then depending on their mm -hmm. situation, that may just be for a way for them to get out of the property, especially if it's a headache property, maybe the tenant's not paying, what have you. If for whatever reason they're really stuck on a price and you know that you can't make that work with cash, then I'll bring up, hey, we buy properties a couple different ways. One is the cash offer. For that, we're gonna obviously have to be at a discount because what I'm gonna do is come in, make the improvements, and then resell it. So I'm gonna need a little bit of wiggle room there. You're asking for something that's a little bit higher than that. So what I can do is if I could come up to your price, would you be open to selling on terms? And they're gonna say like, well, what is terms? What does that mean? And then you say, well, basically I can come up to your price if you allow me to pay you out over five, seven, 10 years. So that's awesome. kind of the basic pitch. And then that <laughs> will go into kind of explaining to them the benefits of seller financing and one list that we really love where people are mostly open to it is the absentee owner where they have mm -hmm. a property they're not currently living in they're used to getting that monthly cash flow and so it's really easy for them to pivot into oh i don't have to deal with this tenant anymore i don't have to deal with the maintenance but i get the monthly cash flow yeah let's let, let me hear about that and so we've been able to sort of um double our contracts and our closed deals by introducing the seller finance, the creative finance side of things. So now I'm going to be difficult, pivot back to the wholesaling process. Yeah. Um, in terms of finding that end buyer, mm -hmm. what does that process look like? Is it having a Rolodex or, or social media presence to, to find them or all of the above? Yeah. Yeah. Th those work. And honestly, um, I've, We've, we've recently been uh, dispoing, that's what it's, what it's called, disposition, selling our own deals. Before, I was just JVing with people. So I was doing a lot of stuff out in Florida, and I'm out here in California, because I don't have boots on the ground. What I would end up doing is 
I kind of formed a partnership with people out there. So I would be doing the acquisitions. I'd be locking up the deals and then I would give it to them where they have the list of local buyers. They're able to go out to the property, take the pictures, walk with the prospective buyers and then take it through the closing. So I've been JVing a lot with people who focus on Dispo and I would actually encourage a lot of people to do that because both sides, it's like, it's really tough to do as a one man band. Um, so you're gonna be focusing on locking up the deal and then now you have to sell it. Now you're not really bringing in more leads and closing more deals because now you have to focus on selling it. So I would encourage everybody to sort of JV in the beginning and then now that we've got a regular pipeline and some people in place that can keep the acquisition sides going, we're focusing on dispoing. And we've found that just reaching out on Facebook groups, um, making posts in some of the bigger groups. Um, if it's a good deal, you'll have no problem finding buyers. Yeah, and I've heard that again and again um, from there's, there's kind of when you're starting out in real estate and that's certainly where I am, is you, you feel like a little bit sticky from wholesaling because they're making a wedge on mm -hmm. a deal. But that deal yeah. didn't exist right before a wholesaler looked at it or touched it. Right. So the, the, the payday for you is all that work to get you to to get that property to a viable um, state. So I, I totally get that. It's, it's kind yeah, of interesting. exactly. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people, they, the problem with the, the wholesaling and why a lot of people look down on it is because there's no barrier to entry it doesn't you know anybody can like look people up there's even free ways to look up um people's properties and wh what's happening mm -hmm. is uh, people aren't taking the time to learn how to analyze a deal properly to think about you got to think on both sides you have a, a seller you need to solve their problem it's it's yes it's the price but it's also it could be a number of things to get them out of that situation but you also have to think about the end buyer, the flipper, he's got it. He or she has to make some money on this deal. And so what's happening is a lot of wholesalers are locking it up way too high. And then they're trying to sell it to an end buyer and they're expecting the flipper to do all the work, you know, take it down to the studs, do a full rehab and then make, you know, $10,000 because they want to make $50,000. And I mm -hmm. think that that just comes from, you know, sort of these, the YouTube videos where, where people show that they have like, making 50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars on a deal, you know, be, be fine with making like five or 10 on a deal and let the end flipper make that profit margin. You yeah. Know? And I guess that's going to build those relationships as well. right? Yeah, totally. The, the because then you won't, yeah, you won't have a problem selling it. You know, the only time we've had a problem selling a property is because maybe we comped it wrong. And then you kind of go back and you're like, oh yeah, you know what? Like after it's all said and done, after they do those months and months and months of work, they're not going to make that much or it's just too much of a risk. And it's really opened my eyes now having done a flip myself, what it takes and the amount of risk you're putting yourself into. So now it's like, I'm even better at analyzing the deal and making sure that I have a really fat profit margin in there for the end buyer if I'm going to wholesale it. <laughs> Getting the eraser <laughs> out and checking the numbers. Yeah. What, so what did that first flip look like? Yeah. So the, can you run us through the numbers and then yeah. how, how you procured it, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was just doing all the wholesaling. And then finally, I found um, a really killer deal. It was out in Hemet, California, out here, which is a little it's inland. Um, they have a ton of mobile homes. And so I from working in Florida, I had seen that, you know, we were making some pretty good profits wholesaling on mobile homes. So I was like, hmm, let me check that out. Let me pull a list out here. And so I, I locked one up. 
it was a guy, it was like the perfect situation of a motivated seller. The guy has, he inherited a property. He had been paying the HOA and all the fees on it. Um, and it was kind of like eating into his bottom line. Um, it was sitting there vacant. It had been broken into a bunch of times and he, it was Christmas was coming up and he's like, Hey, if you can give me like $80,000 for this mobile home, um, I'll sell it to you right now. And so I kind of ran the numbers and I was like, huh, okay. The ARV was around like 160 at the time. And so I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like a pretty good deal. So I took it to, uh, my mentor and I was like, Hey, you said if I found a really good deal, you know, you'd partner with me on a property so you can actually show me how to flip. And so he's like, I don't do mobile homes. And I was like, okay. And so I told him, I was like, well, wait a second. This mobile home is on the land that you owned. So if you don't know anything about mobile homes, there's the ones where you lease the land. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically like buying a car or an RV, but there's the other type where you are on your own land. And that sort of makes it like a condo because you get the land and the, and the property. So I ended up going out there. He's like, all right, I'll take a look at it. It was pretty beat up. Um, the, the owner hadn't been there in you know over a year. And so I negotiated it back down to around 60 grand because we figured we'd have to put like 50 into it. And so um, started work on that. And it was you know pretty, pretty scary at first. We didn't know what we were doing. Luckily we had our mentor who kind of just like, he didn't want to drive back out there. So he's like, I'll just tell you what to do. <laughs> I'll put the, he's like, I'll put the money in. You guys do the work. And we we're like, that's fine. So, um, we kind of teamed up that way. And then I found a really good contractor handyman out there. Um, he'd been working on mobile homes in that park in particular. So he knew everything about mobile homes. And so we got really lucky finding him. He was just like on the ball, showed up when he said he was going to show up, would, would work extra days. If he was a little bit behind, he was like the perfect contractor. And so um, we ended up putting about 40 grand into that one. So we were all in around, you know, let's say like 105. And by then, by the time we finished, the market was going so crazy that the ARV ended up being like above 200. So we sold it for 220. So we made like 100K on wow. a mobile home. Amazing. Yeah. And, and what time period was that? That was at, it was uh, January 2021. Was that 2022? 2022. Yeah, 2022. Yeah, it was at the very end of 2020. <laughs> hey, no conferring. <laughs> yeah, it was 2022. Um, so I think we ended up selling it like around like April or something. It was just like right when like things were just like peaking. Amazing. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Um, so that's kind of the dream, right? That's the dream first deal. Exactly. Exactly. But the only problem is now I'm thinking I'm a genius flipper. Um, <laughs> so we go to get our next few properties and then now that takes us into the end of the year and things start like teetering off. And so now like things are sitting for a while and then now I'm like sweating and like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I see, um, you know, it, it, it takes, it takes, it's like a little bit harder than I thought it was. There's that old adage, right? Everyone's a genius when the market's going up. I exactly. certainly felt like that in the stock market over the last three years. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, this is great. Yeah. This is yeah. I don't know why they think it's so hard. And then we ended up having to, we, we did a flip out in Joshua tree where we had to bring out a different contractor. And then that's when we had mm -hmm. all the nightmare um, 
contractor scenarios that people talk about so <laughs> oh let's talk about that what yeah. was what, so what was the property was it a house out there or another yeah no it was a house out there um you know joshua tree was like i'd say it's like a bubble within a bubble so mm-hmm. everyone was kind of going out there it's like it's crazy like short-term rentals everyone's buying everything which was true um and then because of this contractor it ended up taking way too long and it was like we by the time we finished it was the beginning of this year and like everything was just stagnant so um so it it was just from us having such a great experience with our first contractor i didn't vet this guy enough i was just assuming everyone was on the up and up everything was good yes these people they just want to do great work um, and so there was just a few things he was working on two projects at a time, but he was like, you know, what? I'll, I'll, you know, I can fit you guys in. That's no problem. Um, the second thing was we weren't going out there because it's like, we're in orange County. Mm-hmm. Hemet's like about an, yeah. Hemet's an hour away. Joshua tree's like two hours away. So what we would do is we had multiple projects going on. So we would go out to Hemet, spend most of our time there. And then we would just kind of stop in at Joshua tree like it's, it's already dark. It's kind of last minute. We would just do a quick walkthrough. And um, it's just, I think a lot of it was just me and uh, our naivete about the, the whole process and then really knowing what to look for. Mm-hmm. So we had to take it down to the studs. And so we're running like new AC ducting and gas lines and all that stuff. And I just, I didn't know enough at the time. Now I do because of this project, but um, he was just like, he had, it was like really shoddy work. So we ended up almost having to flip this property twice because as he was wrapping up, wrapping up, um, we had our other contractors from Hemet come out and they were like, Oh my gosh, this whole thing is like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is done all Yikes. wrong. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so he's like pointing it all out to me. And so we basically had to have that, that original team come out, took those guys off and then have them like refinish it so it was i was gonna say it's it's tough because we we have a place up in big bear um that's our short-term rental same thing right a bit of a bubble market not quite as crazy as joshua tree um but because of that there's so much need for uh contractors Mm -hmm. that they just couldn't cope with demand um so even if they're taking on a couple of jobs there's just so much kind of um was there's only so much they can do in a in a day right and trying to exactly. juggle projects becomes oh difficult. yeah and, but equally mm-hmm. they don't want to say no <laughs> they don't want to say no plus i'm sure it's the same thing like joshua tree has desert time um i'm sure big bear has mountain time where it's like it's almost Definitely. like island time where like, <laughs> there's no urgency whatsoever yeah and you're like looking at the you're like wait four months have already gone by and we're like barely <laughs> at a point where um this makes sense so, yeah, but I needed that for sure to, to bring me into this new year. So now it's like my whole theme is just like vetting people, um, you know, making sure that like their their work is, is quality and, and all that stuff. So did you flip that one? What was the exit strategy? Yeah, yeah, we flipped it. Um, we we re- just sold it. So it had been sitting on the market for like a hundred and something days. So basically wow. the bubble popped in Joshua Tree. I had a couple friends too, same sort of thing. And they were like really experienced flippers, but they had bought a couple properties out there and they turned out beautiful. It's just, it was just sitting, 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 sitting. And then uh, it, for some reason, I think it's because it's so far out and it's away mm-hmm. from the Metro. It like has its own scene. And so the, the prices have just really come down. 
we we were looking at i've been tracking joshua tree for a while because um for that reason we were looking for our next um short-term rental and thinking yeah. about joshua tree mm-hmm. and the yeah the the trend down has been like wow this is crazy things it's sat there nuts. that were super ignited and now it's it's slowing down a little bit um i've, mm-hmm. I've got a vision of what i want in joshua tree okay i i I need to figure out what that is. Um, okay, and how nice. To get it, but yeah, and now I'm like exactly, and like I do because we've really like focused on there and tried to like crack that nut um, outside of the hype. There are people out there killing it. It just takes like a certain type of property, especially now. It's not just mm-hmm. you're gonna have you know put your room up there and be killing it, which a lot of people were doing. They just had a regular house and they just threw it up there, and because the hype was so crazy, they were they were killing it. But now I'm actually getting a lot of sellers um, uh, reaching out saying, you know, we bought a property in 2021. We put like 100, yeah. 150,000 into it. It's not performing like we thought. And so um, they're open to sort of a sub two seller finance deal. So just to try and get their money out. And I'm just like I'm telling them, yeah, I'm saying this is pretty much the only way you're going to be able to get your your cash on cash return into where all your invest you know it'll make sense on paper it'll just take a little while to get it to get it back yeah we're we're certainly seeing slowdown in in big bear we bought um probably at the lower end of the market we're in a condo we're at we're at the base of the the mountain so we have good mountain bike um traffic and good ski traffic and so it means that when we get to a price competition we're pretty well um, established to be able to to kind of take that on, which is, oh, is kind great. of interesting. Uh, yeah. Just to ride out the next few few years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, my one tip, my one tip, if if anyone's listening, thinking of buying a short term rental, make sure you can avoid, uh, make sure you can afford the mortgage without anyone staying at your place, because that will great. happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the one rule of thumb, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or <laughs> easier said than done. Sure, I know. Or maybe it can work as a long-term rental, but it's 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 like it can't. That's be. the other one. Yeah. What's, what's your what's the delta? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it it can't just work as only a short-term rental. I think a lot of people found that out like this last few months, last six months. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So in terms of what what does your portfolio look like today? Um, so we have a couple wraps. Um, like we had um, a few seller finance deals that we got. Um, like I said, we love mobile homes. So we bought some mobile homes on seller finance and we have some long-term rentals. And then um, a couple of them we turned just into a wrap, meaning we had a seller finance deal. And then what we did was we created a second note and sold it on seller finance um, just to sort of not have to worry about the maintenance, but also like have that cash flow. What, can you talk me through that? What does that look like? Um, break, break, assume I'm an idiot and break no, 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 it. Down. No. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it was. It's it's a really cool thing, and we're we're looking into it way more because we're getting so much um, uh, people mm-hmm. that are open to seller finance deals. So what you do is on this particular one, I let's see, we bought it for I think just under two hundred or around two hundred. It came with tenants, and so we were cash flowing probably like four hundred bucks, maybe. 500 bucks and so um they were about to i think be done with their lease and they had just trashed the place um so we didn't want to put the money into having to fix it up and then re-rent it so what we we decided to do was 
wrap it, meaning we had a seller finance deal. I have a mortgage with a private with a private seller, mm-hmm. and so we put it on the market as offering seller finance, and so we put it at two fifty um, seller finance, and with um, I think it was like forty grand down or something. And so we got the down payment. So that's kind of some upfront cash. And then we create mm-hmm. a second note. So we have the first note and then we create the second note for the 50 grand. And so the sellers is basically paying both notes. She's paying the first note, um, which originally we were paying and then also just paying us a note somewhere around like 300 bucks. So it's a little bit of less cash flow, but it's less headache as far as we don't have to worry about the maintenance. We don't have to worry about the tenants or anything like mm-hmm. that. So. It, it's it's a pretty cool exit strategy that's really interesting i've been doing a lot of reading on lease to own mm-hmm. and there's kind of a, a, a an overlay there or similarity exactly. so that's yeah yeah i think just the difference is um maybe the lease to own is like you have the possibility of owning the property yep. again which is amazing a little bit maybe less of a down payment um mm-hmm. with the lease to own um and and then the wrap is you can get a fatter down payment up front, but you're giving up all your, your equity and appreciation and stuff because yeah. And those lease payments, but yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, my, my view on lease to own, I want to do it because I want to contribute to community. I want to make money, but I want to contribute to communities. Yeah. Uh, certainly here in California. So I yeah, quite absolutely. Like that. I'm going to look at that. Yeah. That's, no. that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of like financing these deals, so you say sub, you did you did a few subject too, right? Mm-hmm. Have you used like private money at all or hard money yeah. or all of the above? I, no, I haven't. I haven't used uh, hard money at all. Um, we're just starting to look into it. Obviously, right now, it's, it doesn't make too much sense. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, I've built up those relationships with people to where I have uh, private money that I can kind of tap into. Um, it just depends on each deal. So that's the only thing I guess holding us back right now of taking more deals on is like I'm presenting the deal to people that have, have been in the game a little bit longer than me. So it's nice to have those extra set of eyes. Um, and then if the deal makes sense, they're just like, okay, let's do it. Go ahead. And then we're pretty much splitting it like 50 50 right now on the flips that's awesome mm-hmm. um so you are you always looking for investors yeah yeah always looking for investors always looking to team up um yeah we love jving we love be, since we've dove into the creative finance stuff you realize you can partner with people in such creative ways as well that it's it just makes mm-hmm. the whole thing really fun it makes it a team sport and um yeah we're, we're always looking to team up with people I think that one of the fascinating things about um, real estate and about seller financing in particular is it's almost like this underground um, community, but also way of of transacting. And I really yeah. like that. It's like it's kind of like a thumb at the banks to say, mm-hmm. you know, you OK, you go do whatever you do. We're doing this. I quite like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and us coming from a, you know, sort of a um, independent contractor band background, it's like I thought we'd never be able to own property because we, we weren't, you know, on paper, like fundable, I guess. And then once I found this, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like you can just, you can just work it out with the seller, you know, and it's just like a straight transaction. A lot of these sellers I've become friends with, and then now they're like partnering Mm -hmm. with me on, on different deals. And so it just opens up a whole, um, yeah, like you said, like an underground sort of community that's really tight knit cutting the bureaucracy i like it mm-hmm. um so one of the the other question i had in my notes um 
and uh, noting your Instagram page and and as I said, it's it's very real and quite quite uh, exciting to to kind of view your content and the realness of it is is really shines through and I guess that's nice. knowing how to how to put together a video. So it's you and your misses, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, how does that how does it work <laughs> with uh, you know investing with your spouse? Is there kind of conflict there or is it ha- pure harmony all the time? How does that work? Yeah, no, we're, we we make a good team. I mean, we've always we've worked together pretty much since we've been together because we um, we met by being in the band essentially, or we met originally. I was a producer, and then she came as in, in as an artist. So we've had a, a working relationship the whole time. Um, the real estate thing, I kind of took the the reins on that as far as wholesaling. Um, she has like a steady job, which was which has been amazing during the ups and downs mm-hmm. of the wholesaling and stuff. So. I kind of took the reins on that, learned, you know, the ins and outs. And then she joined in at the perfect time watching from the sidelines a little bit. And then as we started flipping with the design, she has such a creative eye. Um, and then she has really good instincts as well. So there's been a ton of deals where I've been like, we got to take this one. Like, this is the one that's going to make us like millions. And then she'll be like, no, cause this, this, and this. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't think about that, and then, and just bring me back down to reality. So it, we make a really good a team balancing out, and then she's like I said, amazing at design. So the flips, um, I really enjoy the hunting the deal, taking it down, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of get, getting the next one ready to go. And then she's amazing at like working with the contractors and really bringing our vision to life. It's a, a lot of that sounds familiar. I'm I'm very much like high level vision, and right. my wife is the converter into yeah. actually what does that really mean in the mm-hmm. real world kind of stuff. Exactly, which is, it's yeah. kind of funny because we'll go crazy. It's like you yeah. watch one video and you're like, I'm gonna get like a 150 uh, unit apartment complex, and they're like, Well, slow down. Like, why don't you just get the next deal first? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that and what what does that vision look like for you like what is next yeah so we're looking into um mobile home parks that's like really high up on our list uh, first we just we just love mobile homes um and so that's sort of like the commercial version of that and we think it'd be great to just kind of like own the land and then you know have have the cash flow from the from the space rent um we want to get we like the idea of the land hacking where you get like a, a big piece of land and then you can have multiple streams of income, whether that be um, like a wedding venue plus like some cottages or something like that. Um, we're looking at uh, doing something on Hawaii because we love Hawaii. So we'd love to get something mm-hmm. out there. Same. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like our, our big vision is if we can combine all those together and then do it on Hawaii is like <laughs> kind of the end game. Can I tell you, I have a two and a half year old and I, okay. she was having an absolute meltdown the other day. And I I went over to her and said, Hey, Hey honey, what's the matter? And she just stopped crying and just went, I want to go to Hawaii. Exactly. She gets it, man. You've ever heard. And, and I'm like, you're right. Yeah. We should be going to Hawaii. Why aren't we going to Hawaii? Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, cool. I, so I jumped on the floor and had a, had a scream as well. Alongside. <laughs> exactly. Rock if on. you've ever been, then you know the feeling. Cause when you have to yeah. leave, it's like, that's, that's exactly. It's hard. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what the feeling <laughs> is. 
Yeah. No, I, I really like that. That multi-use, um, that, mm-hmm. you know, for, for short-term rentals and then building a business off the back of that. That's yeah. such a such a killer concept is adding value. And that that's kind of, um, funnily enough, uh, kind of one of the concepts I've been thinking about in, in Joshua Tree. Not quite a wedding venue, but okay. something a little bit more. Nice. Um, I love, I think mine's from, I love the idea of owning like a hotel, like a classic yeah. American hotel. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not like a seedy motel. Right. But something something yeah. pretty good like boutique kind of I, thing. I, so, I, uh, I think like in that Joshua Tree can really uh, use that I've seen some of the hotels out there I think a few of them have done that but there's still those sketchy ones um, and so <laughs> it could really I think use use one of those no I like that a lot um, so in terms of um, people getting in touch with you what mm-hmm. what does that look like how can people reach out to you Yep. So they can hit me up on Instagram at Alex Barnett Real Estate. Um, or if you want to email me directly, Alex at trustinghouse.com. Um, but I have a link on there for my Calendly. So you can just, um, you know, book some time with me. And then, um, yeah, let's link up. Let's do some deals. I'm always buying and selling at the right now. So. And check out Alex's podcast as well. Feel free to plug it, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a, I have two podcasts right now. One is called My First Deal, and we do a deep dive into investors' first deals because that first deal can seem like it's a million miles away when it's usually just right around the corner. And so um, the, the reason we started that one is because now we're at the point to where people are kind of, if they've been thinking about getting into real estate, they'll hit us up and, and we'll kind of get them started. And then I'll hear from them, you know, it might be two months, three months later. And they're like, I still haven't got my first deal. Like, is this normal? And so we brought people on so you can hear everybody's origin story. Cause it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's similar, but a lot of times it's, it's different as far as, you know, getting that first one under your belt. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm kind of showcasing on that. And then um, I have another one called, the new and experienced investor. And so that's just me and uh, my mentor. And so I'm just kind of, we're just, we have guests on there and then we're just kind of um, talking about market updates, advice and all that kind of stuff. Love it. Yeah. Check those out. We'll put some links into the show notes and we'll share out this onto your network as well, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we gotta, we gotta do some deals, man. sounds like we're kind of in the same space. So yeah, uh, let's figure out. I'm going to come up and buy you a coffee. I've decided. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Awesome. Alex, thank you so much for your time today. Um, It it was great to chat. We, we need to get you back on because there's so many other things um, I want to talk about, um, especially around, um, around kind of multi-use, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, let's do it. Alex, thanks, and we'll be back next week. Okay, thanks, John. Thank you for listening to The Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.